0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. rabbil alameen. Wa sallallahu ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ajma'in. Imam Fuad.
1: Wa 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 How are you doing,
0: Alhamdulillah, I'm doing well today. Um, you know, I I thought I got some good advice and feedback one of the things that I think we're not doing at the beginning of this conversation. Is letting people know what this podcast is and uh, and what this conversation is about.
2: So, no.
0: as a, to make it formal, welcome everyone to the Transformation Podcast. Uh, this is Rashad Norze uh, coming from Northern California, and I have with me Imam Fuad from Seattle.
1: Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Oh, in Seattle with the snow now.
0: The snow, huh? I didn't realize that, it, that you guys got much snow.
1: We don't. We get very little, but uh, the impact is very heavy. Today, uh, I think it started snowing over the weekend, but schools have been delayed the past two days, and today they just cancelled it. And surprisingly, today is the best weather. No snow, no rain, nothing. Ah,
0: uh, So everyone's enjoying a nice day at home
2: yeah. uh,
1: with good weather. Alhamdulillah. The masjid was filled for Zuhr, so good to see kids on weekdays, you know. For salat Zuhr oh, nice. and so and alhamdulillah.
0: You know, it's interesting snow there. We've had some rain here, but it feels mm-hmm. like it's cold enough where it might snow here in, in the Bay Area of California. Um, but, you know, this I feel like this might be an interesting segue into what I hope is our conversation to, today. Mm-hmm. Last week, we talked out we touched on transformed by worship. We went through most of the introduction. Yes. And, and I think today, jumping into the, the first section, the part one, focusing on the soul and in particular purification or mm-hmm. it's interesting that you know we have rain outside we have snow outside uh, these are often seen as things that really clean, Puriful, and clean yeah. the environment right
1: mm-hmm. and this was you know one of the du'as that the prophet sallallahu wasallam made was for a person's you know when, when one of us passes away the du'a is you know may you be cleansed with uh, the way that rain and snow cleanses you know a uh, the the earth, so alhamdulillah, this is a you know a good way to get into the purification side of uh, of our souls and of this book transformed by worship.
0: Inshallah, so I'll kick it off with I think it'll be a couple of good quotes to get us into the rhythm of things. Mm-hmm. So to put it into context again, the book is uh, broken up into these four sections: the soul, character, the mind, and the body. Yes. Um, so the soul section, there's a little excerpt from the introduction that I think is really good. He looks at it as uh, that, that, that pr- worship and this ritual worship in particular has pr- powerful and practical effects on the following four components in, of human life. And so one of them, he says, is the soul. The quote here is from page five. From our spiritual core emanates either true contentment or downheartedness. It represents the bond between us, the worshiper and our Lord. Mm. This metaphysical component is very much intertwined with the next three aspects, and uh, mm-hmm. those character, the mind, and the body. But I thought this is a good sort of, uh, you know, way to introduce kind of this section that we're going to start looking at. Um, and uh, did you feel free if you wanted to jump in there on anything?
1: Yeah, actually, this quote here, it, it uh, the, you know, the way that he ends it by saying it's inter- intertwined with the rest of the of, of the sections of the book. It you know it's it's a good place to start because the most important thing to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is is our inside our souls more than our character than our bodies and uh, our minds and it all begins you know at the soul and then it goes to the other aspects so this is uh, it's very good you know point that he makes there saying they're all intertwined
0: yeah absolutely and and from my reading of this book and my understanding also is he captures these four components and i mm-hmm. think what you might be referring to when you talk about maybe you can elaborate a little bit when you talk about the most important when you use the word soul are you talking about like the qalb, the nafs like what is what is on your mind when you're thinking of that being the most important thing to allah
1: when i think of the soul i think of uh something that we don't have a lot of knowledge about as allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and then uh i would i wouldn't consider it the heart but it would it, it would be the, our insights you know, that feeling that we have when, uh, the, the reasons we do things. Sometimes it's not in our hearts and in our brains, but ha, the feeling that we get inside. And this is what, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at it. He looks at the inside. But you can, you know, some people can say that's the heart or that's the, you know, the mind. But I think it's both of them combined. They make, you know, the the soul that we have.
0: Yeah, this book does an interesting thing where how it captures soul and mind separately obviously um Mm -hmm. but also it puts in there. uh i think character and body so i like that it it captures this because oftentimes there's a discussion of you know it's obviously it's more important that you're doing something for the right intention but we also understand in islam that it's it's just as important that you're doing the right thing with the right intention Mm-hmm. So, you know, w- when we look at this kind of matrix of possibilities, someone could d- be doing the right thing with the wrong intention. So best case scenario, you're doing the right thing with the right intention. Yeah. But then there's other th- the worst case scenarios. You're doing the wrong thing with the wrong intention. So these are those two ends of this. Right. Yeah. yeah. Between that, you have the 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 mix up sometimes where someone does the right thing with the wrong intention.
2: Mm-hmm. For
0: example, I stand up to pray, but I'm doing it to show off. Yeah. Um, so it, oh. externally, it looks like I'm praying, but internally, my intention is to show off for this person or that person. Yeah. Instead of that, would be doing the wrong thing with the right intention.
2: Mm. And maybe
0: a sort of silly example is, you know, I have the intention, you know, to help people. Let me steal some money so uh, I can go help it give give for
1: yeah me. yeah just like that this would, right. Yeah. So
0: this would be a, you know, a good intention but we are doing it for, uh, in the wrong way. So these these kind of possibilities all tie together. But mm-hmm. I think when we talk about the soul, Allah looks, I think what you were highlighting is that Allah looks to, to our hearts and to ourselves, what our intentions are.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Still, we have the responsibility to uphold ourselves in the character perspective, what our understanding is and how we communicate our, how we verbalize the things that we uh, understand and also yeah. how we So it really puts them, I would almost say, and let me know what you think, I I almost say it puts them on an equal playing field. You know, it it is important to do the right thing, meaning to do the prayer in the right way, Mm -hmm. just as important as it is to have the right intention.
1: Mm, I I kind of agree. But uh, if you look at, you know, on on page six, the way that he describes the body, um, he describes it by saying our bodies are the living containers that, you know, hold our souls. So... If uh, what we do with our souls, you know, it affects how our body is. So I think the way that, you know, he outlines it is by the effects that each of them have on one another. You know, the the soul, it has a very big role on how we are in our character, in our mind and in our, in our body, because our body is the one that is carrying our soul uh, in our soul. It is the container for it. So I think it's it's almost an even playing field for all four but with a little distinct like a little bit of a distinction between the four.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe what I'm highlighting is slightly different so we might be coming at it from two different perspectives. I definitely would agree with you as well right the 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 ultimate objective is that qalbun salim you know that, that mm-hmm. person who Internally, they are they resonate with Allah. They're close to Allah, and they're actually... But you do it through the steps, the, the actual Another practical, step, yeah. physical steps that Allah gave us. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe when I say even playing field, I'm trying to highlight what this book is identifying is how the acts of worship, the ibadah itself, the ritual mm-hmm. worship, it should affect all aspects of yes. your life, right? Yes. It's not enough for me to sit back and say, well, my goal is just to work on my soul and to grow and improve that area. And these acts of worship are only for this mm-hmm. rather. Therefore that, and therefore improving your character and therefore uh, improving your intellect or growing your intellect and therefore improving your, your physical body and growing your physical body as well. So, Okay.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I actually agree with that now, hearing it out like that, it, you know, it makes sense. And if you jump to the purification, you see that, you know, that's how this book goes about it. It starts off by the the first level of purifying ourselves is, of course, purifying our bodies, you know, and then eventually reaching the highest level where we are purifying our insides. And I think this is the purification of the soul. So here it it even though in, in in the beginning it starts off by saying you know it, it, the soul first and then the character the mind and then the body when we look at uh purification it's it's the other way around you know it starts from it uh, starts from physically cleaning ourselves and then the highest level which is you know reaching the where we are clean on the inside where spiritually our soul is cleansed
0: mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I I, I was going to share one more quote uh, before diving into the, and there there's so much depth. There's so many narrations. There's so many ayat that are referred to here.
2: Yeah,
0: um, he's from so many sources, it's we could really spend a lot of time just talking about a, one page uh, of this mm-hmm. book.
2: Yeah, but, I uh,
0: so I wanted to share this one quote because for me it also put into perspective a big picture view um, yeah. of the section of Udu. So he says, um, this is on page 8, he says, Mm -hmm. We know very well that ritual purification is required for prayer and making tawaf around the Kaaba. Performing udu simply means, uh, sorry, performing udu multiple times throughout the day is a matter of course for all Muslims. For the Ashab al-Yameen, or companions Mm -hmm. of the right, as described in Surah al-Waqiyah. But there is another level of worship and awareness that of Al-Nabun, those nearest to God. These are the people who comprehend the beauty, transformation, and significance of worship. They cannot eat, enjoy the blessings of God without Udu, nor are they comfortable reading, writing, or studying without being in a, in a state of purity. They mm. even prefer to make Udu before they exercise. Mm. I mean, if uh, I wanted to share this quote just because, obviously, if we sat and read the entire book, that would be an excellent, uh, you know, resource. Maybe yeah. we have someone out there who is a voiceover actor who is interested in reading this book. Um, I was actually thinking about it from the perspective of you reading to your kids. I was going to record some of this of me recruit, uh, reading to my son, something oh, my that Shabba. he might be able to listen to, inshallah, when he grows up. So I'll be working on that. But oh, But I think this really opened my eyes to the idea that you know, we we sometimes limit ourselves or our understanding of something that Allah gave us Mm -hmm. and it's not the complete picture. So I can we've mentioned this a little bit before right? Most of our perspective is Udu is literally the the checkbox that you have to complete before you
1: start, right? Yeah.
0: Um, And here he's presenting this this other view, uh, like what does it even mean I have to, before I, when I get up, when I read a book, even if I have wudu, can I make wudu again?
1: Yeah. What do
2: you man. think about that question?
1: Man, I, I you know, one, uh, this, this whole passage right here, it takes me to one of the sayings of the Prophet Sallallahu where he was describing a believer. And he said that a believer is always in a state of wudu, you know, no matter what he's doing. If Wudu breaks for him, he's constantly going back to make it. So, you know, to read this here, for example, he says, you know, you cannot eat enjoying the blessings of God without being in the state of Wudu, without being in the state of, you know, you being pure. This is a, a characteristics of the best of people. You know, they whatever they're doing, they are in in a state of purity. And if they are doing these things, you know, you look at it. For most of us, like we've said, wudu comes when we know we have to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it is time for us to pray. But for the Muqarrabun, those that are closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being in a state of purity, it's with every single thing. You know, how many of us think about, oh, I'm I'm going to eat, but I don't have wudu? You know, this is not the thinking that we have. You know, because once we've reached that level where we are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where we are from the Muqarrabun, then it becomes, you know, I, I am always standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but I'm, I'm not in a state of purity you know mm. so you rush to go do wudu before you eat before you go wh- whatever you're doing whether it's you're going to go exercise whether you're going to go play you you're leaving your house you're always living in a state of in a, in a state of purity mm. so that's what I think you know he he beautifully puts it here together and uh, you know even studying writing th- th- these were what the scholars before us used to do You know, Imam Malik, he he says that every time before he he would collect the hadith of the Prophet from a single person, he would go, he would make wudu, he would offer two rak'ahs of sunnah, and then he would go and listen to the words of the Prophet.
2: Yeah,
0: it's interesting It even I I start to think about the last point that he mentions even before exercise. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: I know that I've, uh, I know many of us are trying to make the intention to make our lives, you know, more, to be more conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when we're doing even the mundane things, right? And mm-hmm. this is obviously from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, that whether he was, you know, going to ride, uh, you know, his camel, whether he was traveling somewhere, whether he was returning from somewhere, yeah. entering the house, leaving the house, every aspect of his life, um, he was constantly, you know, connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his dua. And so here... Often I think about, you know, obviously saying bismillah before, uh, you know, going to the gym or
2: mm-hmm. bismillah
0: before the workout or sometimes uh, you start to think about, OK, I say bismillah before I read the Qur'an. But what about when I'm reading other material?
2: Yeah. It's
0: not the material itself. Right. It's not the action itself um, that is the thing that makes you want it to be for Allah. So it's not only the reading of the Qur'an that could be the, for the sake of Allah, mm-hmm. um, in the name of Allah. Every book that I open up, whether I'm in a class and I'm studying, this I open my calculus book. This I open up my, book. Bismana, open mm-hmm. up my chemistry book. This I start the next chapter. I open up my, let's say, my manual for uh, for my job. This yeah. you know, I. So now I've, I've I'm thinking, how do I add this uh, this concept of making ol do before these things? Right. I think what you said was nice, being in that state of purity. Mm-hmm. Maybe what's what's do you think of a a practical advice for someone um, if they're not sort of consistently making wudu, is there something that, that helped you make that more of a a conscious practice in your life?
1: So I, I think one of the easiest ways to always remain in a state of purity is to remember, you know, we, we don't have control of the way that our life is going to end, but we know that we want it to end in the best ways. And one of the best ways for you to end is, you know, you being in a state of wudu. So every time, and alhamdulillah, you know, we have water available abundantly here in America. The best thing for you to do when you leave your house before you put on your socks. And, you know, this is one of the issues, one of the mistakes that people make is they leave their house without wudu. And then when it's time to make wudu, they realize they have to take off their shoes. You know, they have to take mm-hmm. off their shoes. They have to take off their socks and then uh, make wudu. And then when you're doing this out in public, you know, you get that. Shaytan will get to you and say, you know, people are going to see you. They're going to say, why are you right. putting your feet in the sink? But the best thing to do, you know, that will make it easier for you is before you leave your house, whether you prayed fajr and went back to sleep. Whether you stayed up after fajr, is make sure that you have wudu before you leave home. And then once you leave home, your your shoes are on, your socks are on. When you go and you break your wudu at ten o'clock at eleven o'clock, it's easy for you to go wash your hands and your face, and then just wipe over your socks. You know, and this is the the the, the wisdom of the, of the sunnah of the Prophet giving us the ability to wipe over our you know our socks. So what happens is it's no, it's not as taboo as it was before for you to go and make wudu now so when you lose wudu you don't have to worry about taking off your socks you go you wipe it and you know you're done with with, with the wudu and how how long does it honestly take you know right yeah so always I, I, leave always leave the house with wudu and then inshallah before you come home you'll enter the house with wudu inshallah.
0: i like that it's also you meant you highlighted a few points here uh, which we probably won't spend an extensive amount of time on, but it's it's a good practical advice for someone to learn about, you know, the basic fiqh uh, mm-hmm. you know, rulings around wudu. I've I know I've, I had this same experience growing up, and I heard it from many people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes wudu becomes the barrier for them to even pray, just because yeah. they feel like, like you said, maybe embarrassed to go make wudu in a public place. Or they're not exactly sure what the right way to do it is, mm-hmm. um, you know. So we create all these obstacles, oftentimes for ourselves, um, mm-hmm. in order to. It could be it could be out of weakness, it could be out of laziness, it could be out of many things, and may Allah protect us
2: from, really? from all mm-hmm. these obstacles. Mm-hmm.
0: But sometimes uh, the knowledge component actually mm-hmm. helps you uh, significantly in terms of opening the door for you uh, to to practically experience the uh, the ritual the worship itself so i yeah. like that you have to know that there is an understanding about wiping and oftentimes mm-hmm. people don't even realize uh the basics of making uh tayamum,
2: right? yeah, so so the of
0: like when you don't have water,
2: clean water yeah.
0: or available water you know there's so many different uh you know conversations we could have about that mm-hmm. itself but i like that you brought that up
1: yeah actually you know before we move on there's a uh, one point I would like to make on the last sentence we read together, where he says they even prefer to make wudu before exercise. Mm. You know, usually when uh, this is a, just a personal example of myself, when I go exercise, I know that I am going to be when I when I finish my workout, when I finish doing whatever it is I'm doing, I know that I'm going to be dirty. You know, I'm mm. going to be sweaty. I'm going to be I'm going to be smelling. So as soon as I come home. And this is, you know, for many people, the first thing you do is you go and you hop in the shower. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you take this. And sometimes when I go do these things, I'm not in the state of wudu. And my excuse is I'm going to do it afterwards. And you know, I'm, I'm going to purify myself after I'm done doing this. But he puts it here and he says they even prefer it before it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I like that they know they're going to go and get dirty. They know that the wudu most likely is going to be broken. And they know that afterwards they're they're going to be in a state of impurity. But with all of this, they go into it, you know, in in the state of purity. And they make the wudu or whatever it is before they go there.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting uh, approach to it. eh? There's a few. um, I wanted to highlight a few of the um, chapter titles, in a sense,
2: Mm -hmm. which
0: I thought could help us dive into this particular section. Yeah. Um, so because I think uh when you look at the book because Udu is going to come up four different times mm-hmm. the, the first time it comes up with relation to the soul comes up with relation to character comes up with relation to the intellect as well as the body so you wonder well if we're talking about everything related to Udu now what's left for us to talk about later huh? so yeah. yeah I think I think one of the ways in terms of uh understanding how this book is structured Mm-hmm. I, will, I will highlight um, all, actually, all of the section headings from this mm-hmm. chapter under the soul and wudu.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: first one is, he has like some introductory texts, and he mm-hmm. mentions really incredible content there. The yeah. first section title is Purification as a Means to God's Love. Hello. The next section title is Wudu Washes Away Sin. Then mm-hmm. we have Purification Inspires Remembrance. Yes. We have um, going on to page uh, 19,
2: purification
0: mm-hmm. emits light. Uh, then we have purification even for the deceased.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then in, uh, in 20, we have purification as a lesson in submission. So these are, I think, uh, good uh, section headings to look at. Mm-hmm. It sort of captures the main focus areas of how the wudu is impacting your soul. Mm-hmm. The perspective of submitting ourselves to Allah, understanding uh, how our soul, you know, we pass on to the next life. What does this mean in this relationship to, uh, to the deceased? Why there's purification for the deceased? Um, it, it being uh, something that emits light from us.
2: Mm-hmm. It being
0: something that brings our heart uh, or our souls towards the remembrance of Allah. And also it being something a way that, uh, that something that washes away sin. Which is an interesting aspect of wudu, because often times people might look at it, especially people outside of the, the Islamic context, they look yeah. at it as, "Wow, this is a nice practice for cleanliness," mm-hmm. and they look at it as as the external factor of cleanliness. When in fact, the more you know, critical piece of it has to yeah. do with washing away the sin. And then obviously the point that he starts with, which I think is incredible. He highlights Udu or purification that mm-hmm. is a mean to God's love, to the love of Allah Subhanahu Taala. So, I, if I'll, I'll I want to share this one ayah that he, he quotes here,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and if you don't mind, actually, I'd love to ha- have you recite it um, just to just to listen to your recitation as well. It's from <laughs> page sixteen, yeah. um, uh, the the first oh. ayah he has quoted there.
1: Okay, So he says uh, in it are men who love to be purified and Allah loves those who purify themselves. SubhanAllah. This is actually one of my favorite ayahs in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he's giving you a uh, he's he's describing the people in the in, in the masjid you know this is talking about a men inside of the masjid or people inside of the masjid and their characteristics and he gives them that they love to purify themselves and why because w- what is the benefit they get from purifying themselves allah loves those who purify themselves
2: mm.
1: you know so it, it it's it's an easy ayah for you to look at and say okay allah here he's praising people that purify themselves And he's telling you that he loves those that purify themselves. So there's the praise and the reward that they get. And it's good that, you know, he starts off with this because when you open any book, the first question that you have or any act of worship, usually the first question that comes is, why should I do this thing? You know, why should I pray five times a day? Why should I wake up for fajr early in the morning? Why should I make wudu like this? And he starts off and he gives you the reason. The reason you are doing this thing, the reason you are making wudu is this. Because Allah loves those that purify themselves.
0: Hmm. SubhanAllah. I I, th- I just wanted to highlight for, for everyone listening. This is from Surah At-Tawbah. And mm-hmm. this is Ayah number 108. Um, I like, obviously you, you understand the context. And just to give some more thoughts about the context. This mm-hmm. is in Surah At-Tawbah. You know, the Surah about repentance. Yeah. This is in a section... Which is speaking about the establishment of the the of the masjid, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, and uh, this is a this is a uh, it's a reminder or or a lesson for the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and obviously us, and I think there's two things that I wanted to highlight from this: Mm -hmm. one, that it is there is a difference between the foundation of things being on hypocrisy or on righteousness. And so that's, you know, that's something we could look at from ourselves from an individual context. We can also look at about it for ourselves in terms of the things that we're trying to build in our work, in our, you know, professional career, in our relationships in life, you know, people who are trying to uh, maybe get married or or, uh, someone seeking a new job. A lot of these are opportunities to build something on the foundation Mm -hmm. of righteousness. Um, And then Allah is tying in. This thing related to specifically in this context, the masjid, the prayer, he's tying it in with tahara, and I thought maybe you could you know give us a little bit of context. The word wudu is not here, but the word tahara is here. So how do these things tie together?
1: So the, these things, um, the way they tie together, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he talks about uh, tahara, uh, it's usually talking about wudu. Or from when we make ghusl, which is when uh, we're in a state of of and we need to, you know, take a full shower. So here, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, He uses, you know, the the word purification. And if you go back one page, you will see a hadith where uh, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he says purity is half of faith. And the Arabic word, uh, you know, for purity here is iman you know that Tahara here, but Tahara is a condition of iman. But what the scholars say this means is that wudu is half of your salah, right? Wudu is iman, iman here is salah and wudu is half of it, right? So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings, his, brings here this ayah, he's telling us that the masjid that is established on taqwa, on piety, and it's it's on, on you know, wanting khair, it has a right for people that make wudu. Meaning, they're doing half of what they're supposed to do in the masjid, which is offering the prayer to be in it. right? And this is the thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves from them. And again, it all goes back to the purpose of wudu. What is the purpose of wudu? It is to purify us. right? And and, and the title of, of this chapter, the first one is Purification. And we know that this is wudu. You know, purification, wudu.
2: Hmm.
0: Subhanallah. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. That's That's, I think... I was actually thinking, and I know you have a uh, good context here as well. Usually we're introduced to this word tahara from the fiqh perspective. I mean, that's yes. how I first heard about it. I remember learning the word in that context. Um, and it's mostly about the details, do's and don'ts. Yeah, And sometimes that becomes the, the end-all, be-all. That becomes the focus, um, uh-huh. the objective itself for someone that they, they become very focused on the do's and don'ts. Yeah. And I think when you do that, and I think there's obviously, there's something to be said about the fact that, for example, if I'm not mistaken, the book of Bukhari starts its first section with, with Tahara. Is that correct? Mm-hmm.
1: Not, not only Bukhari, every single hadith book, every single fiqh book you'll find out there, it will start with Tahara. You know, because they view it as the most important thing before doing any other acts of worship. You have to be in a state of purity. So whether it's Bukhari, Muslim, Malik, or even you know the books of, of Fiqh like uh, of Imam Shafi'i's works, Imam Malik, all, all every single one of them, any book you read, the first chapter it is going to be on Tahara.
2: Hmm.
0: That's incredible. I think I, I didn't know about that full picture there, and. When you mentioned it being the first chapter, you mentioned it being the starting point. It's Mm -hmm. interesting how it relates to this ayah about it being the foundation. So the the follow-up to ayah 108 is 109. And then it says, uh, just the translation of the meeting from Dr. Mustafa Khattab, the clear Quran. It says, Mm -hmm. which is better, those who laid the foundation of their building Mm
2: -hmm. on the fear and
0: pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or those who did so on the edge of a crumbling cliff that tumbled mm-hmm. down with them into the fire of hell, and Allah mm-hmm. does not guide the wrongdoing people. So I just just to highlight that first point of it being the foundation of a building. All mm-hmm. of a sudden now, voodoo itself and this this yearning for the purification uh, through the process of voodoo is now the foundation of our building. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it's what we're going to build the rest of our life and in yeah. particular our, our ritual worship itself is obviously mm-hmm. founded on this uh, this as well
1: yeah and then even like you even in our times you can see it when somebody becomes a new muslim what is the first thing we teach them mm. to go you know, go take a shower go make ghusl, go make wudu and then come back and you know th- these are how they we've, we've been you know starting off the most important thing is for us to be purified and then everything else will come afterwards
0: subhanallah I... I want to. I can't help it. I feel like we're going to read a lot of the book here, but uh, there's Mm. the four levels in in page 15 that I feel like are are really relevant because he he sort of introduces this section by by talking about the uh, the writings or the quotes from Abu Hamid al Ghazali. So he says that I'll sort of I'll try to paraphrase, but it's it's really beautifully captured in the quote itself. He Mm -hmm. says there are four levels of purification. So Al-Ghazali mentioned that there are four levels of purification. Purifying Mm -hmm. the body from impurities, purifying the limbs from sins, purifying the heart from reprehensible behaviors and vices, and purifying one's inner focus from everything but God. And then he he finishes that with this highest level of purity is attained by the prophets and individuals who embody the truth or Siddiqum. Mm-hmm. And this is from the Ehelelumadine. Uh-huh. Uh, the references are here. Mm-hmm. So I I like it as an entry point because it gives you this full picture. That this purification, it starts with. I think it has to start with the impurities, the physical impurities. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know if we give enough uh, credit to that. The idea that we have built in to our our view of the world to our understanding of by, by the creator of the worlds given to Mm -hmm. the creation, uh, us as human beings, he gave us a system which in and of itself will, we will benefit from it Mm
2: -hmm. uh,
0: on a level of, uh, um, on a level of the physical aspect that we've never even considered. So for example, what I'm trying to highlight here is that we, without even knowing it, we're given mm-hmm. something that, that benefited us, meaning the washing, even the physical udu, washing your hands five times a day. Uh, mm-hmm. That automatically improves or takes away what would normally be a lot of maybe diseases and bacteria yeah. that could accumulate and mm-hmm. which a lot of people have suffered from for long periods of time.
2: Yeah. And
0: yes, we're learning today about uh, you know, the details of how those systems work. Mm-hmm. But there's something to be said about the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose that to be our way of life. Um, yeah, And I think that's a beautiful thing that we can't overlook, even in the physical, you know, purification aspect of it.
1: And I, I think even if you take, take a step back from, you know, what Allah has given to us as a form of religion, this is one of the fitras that we have, you know, one of our natural dispositions to be clean. And this is what, you know, every single person, this is how they start their day. You know, the, by by cleansing themselves. Whether it's making wudu or hopping in the shower, brushing your teeth, stuff like this. This is what all humanity shares. You know, and this is our, our, our natural fitrah, our natural disposition to want to be pure. Right. And then on top of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he blessed us with the deen. And through uh, through the religion, we were given wudu to even purify us more than, you know, the showers that we take then uh, they are the other ways of purifying ourselves from, you know, the net, the, the filth that is uh, on us.
0: Yeah, it, it's, I like to look at it from our perspective today as well. Mm-hmm. Because These other four points that he ties in, some people might look at it uh, in the world today and say, okay, for health reasons, for, you know, preventing, you know, disease and the spread of disease. Okay, Udu is a wonderful thing. But yeah. that's not all it's for. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it, it might start there, but it doesn't end there. And that's mm. how I like that. It's it's very interesting how he captures these different areas. in Ghazali's quote,
2: so yeah. there's the
0: physical impurities, uh, the body's impurities, purifying the limbs from sin, purifying, wow. purifying the heart from reprehensible behaviors and vices, purifying one's inner focus from everything but God. And mm. for me, at least, you know, one of the things that I'm going to try to do personally is the next time that I get up to make wudu, and I, I got to make that, you know, more often in my life.
2: Mm. But I,
0: I, I'm starting to imagine that when I'm washing my hand, it's, I'm not just washing away the, the physical uh, impurity there, that I've been there. I'm actually now washing my hand so that it could wash away the sins from what this limb has done. Okay? Mm. And I'm now washing my hand to purify away even the negative behaviors and the vices that this this might lead to in the future.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: that so that my heart might want to do something to, to there might be some negative uh behaviors or reprehensible yeah. behaviors and vices that exist in my heart that can then be purified through this process. And then of course, how do I reach the level where I'm making this wudu? And my my intention is that there won't be a moment between this wudu and the next where this hand is not being actively used for some good, for the sake of Allah. So, so that the I focus, know. the focus of my, my even everything that I have physically becomes just Allah alone. I, it's difficult. I, I can I can think about it intellectually, but this mm-hmm. is not something that I think I can do overnight. right? This yeah. is something that's going to require some time.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think th- these are something, like maybe, you know, the first two, they will take some time on their own, you know, for you mm-hmm. to realize that every single time you're making wudu we already know we're purifying ourselves but to know that your sins are being washed away like to you know visualize that i'm washing my hands i'm washing my face all the sins i committed with my eyes are being washed away all the things i heard with my ears when you know when we clean our ears are being washed mm-hmm. away just to get to that it will take some time you know then after that you move on to okay every time i make wudu this has an impact on my heart you know, not only is it impacting the other two things that came before, but now I'm starting to feel it in my heart. And then it goes to the highest level where, you know, we can only dream and make dua that Allah blesses us to reach this level where wudu cleanses you of, of things that should not be there, you know, in your soul. And then here now you see it. He goes, uh, you know, the author, he goes backwards. He starts off with the body. And then uh, uh, when, when sins are removed, I want to know... Is it from the soul, or where is it from?
2: Mm.
1: You know, because uh, we, we, in in the book, when the this, after attaining God's love, the next thing that He puts is Wudu washes away sins. Mm. You know, so I want to know what you know where these sins. Where does it effect, where the effects of the sins being washed away go to? But then you get to the heart, and then eventually you get to the soul, where you your inside is completely focused and it is trained on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm. that everything you are doing, because you made this wudu, even if you were, you know, faulted and and, and you went the opposite way, this wudu brings you back. Mm. And this is the level, you know, that we aspire to attain and may Allah grant us. May Allah grant mm. it to us.
0: I mean, I mean. You know, this is something I think that uh I spend some time thinking about I, I enjoy a lot of subjects like theoretical physics and even mm-hmm. sci fi and so I, I like to sort of stay up to date on some of the latest uh, you know, ideas and theories and, and data that we're learning. Sometimes yeah. what I realize is we've, we, we're so deeply entrenched um, in our life uh, today, yeah. especially being you know uh, Muslim Americans. We spend a lot of time learning about all the sort of the myths that are out there. A lot of what people are taught about religion growing yeah. up are, are stories that they made up in some cases religion just becomes the, part of the story itself meaning some people live with santa claus rather than yes, the really. real meaning of of what that experience is supposed to be and on top of that we're we're taught mostly that what's in the world is real what mm-hmm. you can see touch and smell and taste is real and everything outside of that well you know you can come up with your own ideas maybe your brain is creating some story for you or you, yeah. can, you can believe something that's not real. And here we have something beautiful where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us a complete understanding of our experience in life. People can't deny that there is an effect on your heart when you do something wrong. You know, when you when you go out, if you use your hands for something good, there's a yeah. positive experience. If you use your hands for something bad, there is some, you know, some with someone who has a heart, it will have some effect on on how they feel, on how they feel in their mind, how they remember that experience. You know, if they didn't yeah. do something useful with their hands or mm-hmm. walk somewhere where they didn't do something good with their feet. So yes, I, I think it's beautiful to to recognize that there are these many dimensions of of how we live in this life with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not yeah. limited to just are my hands clean. You know, we don't mm-hmm. have to. Some people want to reduce this uh, this idea of religion to just being something that has some physical benefit. And sometimes maybe someone will take one step and think, okay, maybe some religions, and this is something popular today with this mindfulness movement, people are taking from Buddhism, you know, some concepts of meditation, but they're leaving all of the the spiritual metaphysical ideas of Buddhism. And so they're saying, let me take some things that if I do meditation, maybe it has some good, you know, for my physical health. Maybe it has mm-hmm. something good for my mental health, but they don't want to recognize that the, the it has something good thing. for something, yeah, for something yeah. that's in their soul that exists you you can you can experience it, but we haven't, yeah. and we may never find the words or or the the formulas to explain what this thing is, like you said you know there's uh the quote uh, when people ask about this that Allah says you know we we've not given the complete knowledge of this,
1: yeah subhanallah so this is subhanallah you know it, it it makes sense and this is where we unfortunately this is where we're headed to you know and this is what uh, people are are trying to do with uh, with not just islam but all religions just let me get uh, the benefits that don't i don't really have to think about you know the things that are inside the yearning that i have for a higher power mm. You know, so this is one of the ways, you know, Shaitan is is uh, changing his uh, his plot. He's realized certain things are working and, and this is how he's coming. So you see people that are all of the steps of, of worship. If they're not, if they haven't reached the level where they say it is a thing that only has, you know, an effect on you by yourself and let it be something private, then there's the level that is a little bit less than that, which is just, this is for you to, you know to experience the physical benefits while you're here and then nothing for it afterwards.
0: Hmm. I feel yeah. like we've we've covered a few of these main points and maybe I can I can bring one up that we might not have touched on yet.
2: Mm-hmm. I think
0: the first one about it being a means of of God's love. Uh, you know, we read you read that ayah, JazakAllah Chai and we we've talked a little bit about this being a starting point which I think if we spent, you know, another hour just talking about how beautiful it is that Allah is giving us something that benefits us. Mm-hmm. And then he tells us, I love the people that do this.
2: What what
0: what what a what better motivation than mm-hmm. this is something that draws us uh, towards the love of Allah.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: then we talked a little bit about it being a way that it washes away sins. There's yeah. a beautiful, obviously, hadith, which you refer to a part of it. Um, mm-hmm. There is a piece here, which I think we've. We've sort of touched on, but not very explicitly, which mm-hmm. is that it inspires remembrance. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's one of those things where we might not realize, but the act itself yeah. is is taking you to the remembrance of Allah, the dhikr mm-hmm. the of Allah, the being conscious with Allah. And sometimes yeah. I think back for myself, actually, maybe this is one area where I'm neglecting the fact that the uldu because I, I often remember this quote and, uh, or this story, and I don't remember exactly who the person is that, that it's speaking of. It might have been more than one person. You can remind me if, uh, if I'm mistaken. But it might have been one of the Sahaba who, when he when he made Udu, or one of the righteous people, when he made Udu, they noticed in him that he was uh, sort of overwhelmed by the experience in, in, a, in a sense that he he was either uh, shivering or there was some physical reflection yeah. uh, of him in the Udu. And then when they mm-hmm. asked him about it, it's, and he said, it's because he, he realizes that he's preparing to stand in front of Allah. Subhanallah.
2: Allah. Subhanallah. So this, the,
0: this process of Udu, sometimes we realize, you know, it, we're just doing it to rush to get to the next step. Yeah. And it is part of the remembrance itself. Um, uh, that, that's that's the experience. Even before you step into the remembrance, the meeting with Allah in the salah, you have mm-hmm. this opportunity to remember Allah or or be conscious of Allah in the wudu itself.
1: Yeah, and I think um, you know the, he puts two different hadith here of the Prophet sallam, His sayings of even before you you know you start the wudu, you started with the name of Allah subhanahu wa taala by saying Bismillah. So right away before you have even turned on you know, the faucet and started washing your hands, you've reminded yourself of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he goes on and he says that whenever the Prophet would enter it, he would say, Allah, I, t- I take refuge with you from all evil and filth things. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al khabaith So right before he's in, he's going into the bathroom, the Prophet this is a time you know where we do things that we don't want to talk about right these are things that we're shy of and stuff like that even in that moment the prophet sallallahu wasallam he is remembering allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he's seeking his protection and then as soon as he gets out he says you know oh allah your your forgiveness and if you look at you know i don't i don't want to take too much time just explaining this uh, uh, this, you know, this this phrase of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But the scholars, they've said, you know, what is the reason that when he comes out of the bathroom, he says, Ghufranak. He's asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness when he hasn't done anything that is not you know, something that we consider haram. You know, this is something that Allah created us with and, and things that we have to do. So the scholars, they've given, you know, a, a, an explanation of why he says it. And they concluded and said that the reason he says it he said he's asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness is because when he is inside of the bathroom, he cannot remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, he cannot do dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So as soon as he gets out of that place, he's asking Allah to forgive him for not, you know, taking that time to remember him. Hmm. SubhanAllah, you know, and, that's,
0: that's a really interesting exactly. perspective. It's it's also uh, a beautiful perspective that I heard with regarding um you know, there are some situations where we're permitted to, um, th- there are exceptions. For example, um, a woman during a certain period of time is not uh, responsible uh, or accountable for the salah or has the permission mm-hmm. from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Obviously, the, the, this example that I'm coming up with, these are things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made part of our physical selves. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so we are doing something that is in, in and of itself something that Allah gave us. But the Prophet Sallallahu level of understanding um, mm-hmm. is different than ours. In that, even though he does, he sees that as something that Allah has blessed him with, uh, mm-hmm. or get made made as part of a healthy body for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't. He still he still is asking for forgiveness to Somehow. be away from this this other level of conscious remembrance.
2: Um,
0: I, I'm I'm curious also because I think. I mentioned about, uh, the, the state, uh, for women, uh, in their monthly cycle, but with, with these examples, I think they're relevant because
2: mm.
0: we do have, um, meaningful boundaries. We do have meaningful, uh, points. Like it doesn't make sense for someone to try to go into the restroom and hold the yeah. Quran, you know, uh, like, so w- w- sometimes someone might take this as, uh, and with a misunderstanding of the they might like we talked about earlier they might have the right mm, intention the wrong action and they might even in this case <laughs> yeah even in this case they might think that they're doing the right mm. action or but in fact they're they're actually doing a wrong action and how do we know not because it's from our intellect but it's because it's from the the sunnah, sunnah of the Allah, prophet sallallahu of course i can come up with meaningful reasons obviously it doesn't make sense to take something that is, you know, clean like it's a book into yeah. a place that is not right. But I would add to that: it's also it's unsanitary, yeah. right? Uh, while you're in a place of, um, uh, uh, you know, relieving mm-hmm. yourself, it, you don't want to spread some of those things. That you can you can separate that mm-hmm. space, uh, and it's it doesn't it doesn't reduce your ability to worship Allah in any yeah. way. Meaning the Prophet taught us this is the du'a to make afterwards. It shows us, you know, the, the level of his heart and his place with Allah subhanahu wa
1: ta'ala.
0: But it's also a balanced perspective for us.
1: Yeah. SubhanAllah.
0: So I was going to jump into uh, a couple of more points mm-hmm. here, uh, which, again, you know, this is, there's a lot to get into. But I think the, the last, there's three final ones that come up. We've touched a little bit about the, the purification amidst light. Mm-hmm. And at least when I when I mentioned it, when I talked about the, the spiritual dimension here, you know, we I'm not shy, I'm proud of this dimension, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. right? That I that I I believe and when I say I believe, I have certainty mm-hmm. from the the words of the Prophet <laughs> of Allah, <laughs> salam, that has reached us from the teaching of Allah subhanahu ta'ala, directly to the mm-hmm. Prophet salam, and the transmission through of Quran through Jibriya that there is this light that that is given uh to the believers who who um who make this mm-hmm. what this light is is it like the light of the sun is it like the light of a candle is it this is not exactly what we're referring oh, yeah. to right this light here is it could have a physical manifestation but uh but obviously there's another dimension of light here um that becomes part of us because of this purification process. yeah and
1: I, and i think um we're able to tell when somebody has light from Mulu, you know? Or you know the light of Iman that you see in people. And I don't know. Sometimes you can look at individuals and you you just have this feeling that these are people that you know are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you don't know the reason. Maybe this is the first time that you've met them, but you can tell just by looking at them. You know? And then also here, you know, the Prophet he said that it is going to be physical light on the day of judgment. And believing in the Day of Judgment is not something that we only have in our we we can do with only our intellects. You know, we have to truly believe that this is something that is going to happen. And the amount of wudu that we make will determine how much light we have on that day. So I like it here that you know he he gave us the first time he gave us that a reason you're doing this is because uh, you will have the love of Allah. And then again he tells you another benefit that you are going to have in the next life that is coming. You know, on the day that there'll be darkness, you're going to have light. So he's trying to motivate us to, yeah, you know, it's... to let it have an impact on us.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I just, I can't escape the fact that so many people want to reduce, uh, even when they want to, you know, practice Islam, they want to reduce it to something that uh, maps only to their intellect or to modern um, understandings of what these things mean. Sometimes people want to make the akhira mm-hmm. as though, you know, religion is just to help people do good. So we get these, we get these uh, sort of nice things that someone might have invented. But in fact, we're not, we don't read it in that way. Our understanding is that yeah. this is a real light, like you said. There is a physical light in the akhira that will distinguish the people who did and who did mm-hmm. not. Um, but subhanAllah, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful motivate motivation, and at least for me, when I think about it practically. So when I, uh, the in the the nights where we're having this conversation, yeah. uh, we just passed the phase of the full moon. So if, if if you're familiar with going outside in a neighborhood that isn't like a big city, mm-hmm. even sometimes in a big city there are dark corners, dark alleys, but generally in in most neighborhoods, if um, if you're in a sort of away from the city, you might have darker sort of uh, neighborhoods. And so when you're outside at night or even inside, you know, when when there's no light available, you really start to see the challenge of what that experience is like. So getting up and getting out of bed and, you know, walking over to grab a cup of water without light. I mean, you can start to imagine what that experience is like. Imagine now a day where (laughs) the light, the darkness and the light is not just about can you get up and walk around the room. It's about where you're going, uh, who you're trying to find you know, to, to, to reach or to be um, among those people who the Prophet right. Sallallahu makes intercession for. Allah yeah, will right. make us among those. Uh, so sometimes this practical experience of, of not having mm-hmm. light, I took the trash out the other yeah. day, and with the moon out, it was a little easier mm-hmm. to see. But sometimes on other the nights, moon is it's, it's a dark yeah. area. Yeah, how do you watch out for the things uh, at your feet to not trip, to not injure yourself?
1: And yeah, this is
0: maybe a way to also see the value of this yeah. light that will be
1: reflected in the akhirah. That's the perfect way to put it, you know? How much we... Basically, how much do we need light in this dunya? We're going to need it much more when we are on the Day of Judgment. And this is one of the ways that we can get it. And we know the benefits of light. So once we focus on wudu' and we purify ourselves in this manner, we know that that light is going to be there for us. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I have a feeling um, the the next two items, if you think we should dive into them, uh, purification even for the deceased, and for purification as a lesson in submission, mm-hmm. uh, we can go through them. Although I feel like uh, there's a lot to touch on in these yeah. areas um, that might require some more. Yeah, time. I, 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 yeah, I think we
1: should leave these for our next session, and just uh, inshallah wrap it up here.
0: Okay, alhamdulillah. So, Zakalah again. I think we covered uh, some interesting, you know, pages of this book in this first yeah. section. Um, I hope uh, for me, what I wanted to share with everyone is, um, honestly, if if there wasn't <coughs> a single person listening to this,
2: yeah.
0: I love the fact that uh, Allah has blessed me with this opportunity, and thank you, Imam Farad, for accepting <laughs> this. and you get to, to spend it. time and. And' I mean inshallah, and discuss this book together, yeah. share reflections. I'm learning a lot from what you're saying. I hope that if someone else does listen to it and they benefit mm-hmm. from it um that they that they pass it on, that they get inspired to read the book itself yeah. um we have we're we're inshallah starting a whole series actually in the year uh twenty twenty right. and i'll rem- I'll mention this again you know in a, in the next coming yeah. sessions, but in this year, inshallah, the mass national team has laid out a theme uh, for the entire organization. Allah, okay. From the Tarbiyah perspective, this theme is about being transformed by worship. What? And so this the reason we're doing this podcast, you know, by the time some people listen to this, if you're a youth director, you will have uh, gone through a session with Muhammad Kibria, who is actually sharing the Revive package, which is the Qiyam package that you can... Um, you can take and, and run in your local chapter and your local community, um, even if you're not involved with mass. If you if you're able to to take this content, you can run, have a local cam in your community. Yeah. It'll focus on this topic of being transformed by worship. We're going to you know, focus this whole year's theme around that. There's so much to, to get into, inshallah. Yes. So if there's anyone that has, you know, suggestions about how to make this conversation better, how to improve this, and some people have already shared their
2: perspectives, well,
0: I hope that they noticed, yeah, that they noticed the, some of the changes that we made. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I wanted to share. JazakAllah Khayyad yes. right again, Imam Fuad. I'll let you share your closing comments and close this out with a du'a,
1: inshallah. Alhamdulillah. One of, uh, one of the things that, you know, you and I should have realized by now is, after today after me and you speaking about uh, this book together our wudu is going to be much better simply because of the things that you know we touched upon that wudu is it is a way for us to attain Allah's love it is a way to wash away our sins it is a way to uh, you know to purify ourselves so now we know that because of this simply because of this we are going to be more conscious when we go and uh, make wudu right so this should be a reminder to every single person that the most important thing is to have knowledge of a certain thing, especially of Islam. And we, alhamdulillah, our knowledge has been boosted just by simply reading about wudu. So therefore, this is going to translate and it's going to make our, our wudu much better. So Alhamdulillah for that. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept this effort of ours. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it through it for us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it a a means of guidance for people out there. And for those of you that are out there, inshallah, make sure you share this and give us feedback on, you know, what you liked about it and what uh, you want to see us improve on. Uh, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shower shower us with his mercy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala improve our iman. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for shortcoming.